What's up, coaches? Uh, everyone other than, I think, a few coaches in Texas, hopefully you guys are enjoying your offseason. I'm sure the guys there that aren't in offseason yet are uh, enjoying themselves as well. Um, you guys go check out all the stuff we've got going on right now at runthepower.com. Uh, we've got a, a we've had a huge influx of premium members as well as free members. Uh, people are loving it. We've got great feedback from it. You guys go check it out for yourselves. Uh, adding new content uh, at least once a month. So you guys go check that out. We're also obviously really, really excited about our new virtual summit. That'll be coming up late February, and we'll be giving you guys more details here in the next few weeks. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Guardian Caps. Both of our programs, uh, both Broken Arrow and Ankeny, invested in Guardian Caps this year, and we felt they helped our guys out immensely this season. Their soft-shell helmet covers that reduce impact during practice and are used by over 100 colleges and thousands of high schools. Texas, Clemson, Oklahoma are just a few of the colleges using them. Check out our show notes to see what Coach Lincoln Riley thinks about them at OU and to get some pricing. Uh, They're a lot more affordable than you guys probably would think. Uh, Go check them out in our show notes or at guardiancaps.com. This episode is also brought to you by Team Builder. Team Builder provides strength and conditioning software to high schools around the country. Whether you're at your own program, have a full-time strength coach, or need training programs, Team Builder can make your program better. Right now, Team Builder is offering a 10-week off-season football training program with a two-day speed and agility program. This template even comes with videos from the top SEC strength coaches that will show you how to run your weight room. Visit their website and enter the code RTP. To get the off-season football training template and start your 14-day free trial. Again, just enter the code RTP at teambuilder, T-E-A-M-B-U-I-L-D-R.com. And then last but certainly not least, uh, our good friends over at Sideline Power. Uh, This episode is brought to you by Sideline Power. Sideline Power is the industry leader in coaching communication. Offering cutting-edge technology and innovation, Sideline Power helps coaches around the country elevate their program to the next level. With new and used headsets, end-zone cameras, drones, portable sound systems, timers, and much, much more. Sideline Power works one-on-one with some of the most influential coaches and nationally ranked programs in high school football. They continue to help coaches push the envelope of player and program development. From NFL-level coaching communications to cutting-edge video technology, Sideline Power encompasses a full array of products needed to unleash the full potential of any program. Throughout the expansion of their product offering, Sideline Power has remained committed to offering quality coaching communications at price points for every program. They're family-owned and operated with a customer-first mentality. Sideline Power is truly the number one choice for coaching communication. Visit them at sidelinepower.com, by email at info at sidelinepower.com, or just give them a call at 800-496-4290. On this episode of RTP, we talk with Velocity Football Development founders Josh Richardson and Tom Perinelli. Velocity Football is located in Canton, Georgia, uh, just north of Atlanta. Listen as we talk with Velocity about O-line development and high school football in the great state of Georgia. You can follow Velocity on Twitter at jmrichardson62 or through their website, vtheday.com. Hope you guys enjoy. I 
I played high school football, and that's I was too small to go any further than that. Um, I've been a therapist for over 20 years, um, so my specialty is um, I've got certified got in, in almost everything. I do you know traditional musculoskeletal you know stuff therapy wise, uh, neuro rehab. I've worked in hospitals, outpatient clinics, school-based therapy, um, but I'm also a middle school offensive line coach now. So I kind of bring a unique perspective to uh, O-line play. Um, and how I met Josh was I was a coach and my son was a player. And Josh was a coach and his son was a player. Um, and that's how we met. And mm -hmm. it's really, I'll tell you, the past three years, we've gotten so much accomplished. Uh, and when we go into detail, I, I think everybody will appreciate um, how cool Velocity Football Academy really is. Um, so that's my background, really. That's what brought me here today. Yeah, and I'll give my background, but to to Tom's point, this last three years have been amazing and has grown a lot faster and larger than we expected it to, I'll tell you. But uh, the O-line community and support, not here just locally, but nationally, has been tremendous. And, and it's definitely a brotherhood. And I've been fortunate enough to have been following you guys and your podcast and, and a lot of the similar people that we follow through social media have been extremely supportive in really driving our passion for what we do here. But kind of step back, if I will, and give you a little bit of background on my myself. I obviously grew up playing sports uh, through middle school and high school. Fortunate enough to earn a scholarship, played offensive line for University of Louisville, uh, and then you know moved on. Unfortunately, didn't make it to the next level like a lot of us don't. But uh, was very fortunate to play at a high level and learn a lot from a lot of good friends as well as coaches. And then uh, as I moved on into my career in sales uh, that I still am in today, you know, I was kind of got away from the game for a little while. And what kind of brought me back into it was my son, Caden, who currently is 14 today. Uh, he's going into his freshman year in high school. He started playing in second grade when we lived in Chicago. And, uh, you know, that really got my passion and, and excitement for the game back. And, uh, you know, as we progressed, you know, I started coaching and helping out. Main reason and driver behind that was, you know, I was going to these practices and, you know, God bless these parents that are, uh, you know, helping out as coaches. You know, they're, they're doing it pro bono, right? They're not being paid for this. Uh, they're volunteer work. But a lot of them just didn't have the skill set or the know-how to help some of these kids out. And I think we've all had that coach at some point in our life that you know either did one or two things for us either helped us enjoy the sport and learn a lot about it or really made us not enjoy the sport as much and think twice if we wanted to continue down that path and unfortunately I saw that at an early age with my son and his teens and uh, felt that it was important for me to get involved and help out the best that I could and uh, you know moving down here to Atlanta uh, as Tom said as my kid continued to grow and, and play the sport I continued to coach and help out and then as we moved into more things like um, uh, all-star games, that's where I ran into Tom and his son from another sport. And, th and that's how we connected and just started talking about our passion and our excitement for the future of our boys and the sport. And, and what could we do to help provide more uh, to, to our kids, but also the sport itself. I remember a conversation that Josh and I had. Um, we were wondering, hey, what what are you doing for your kid for O line? Is there uh, is there any training programs? And we both looked at each other. No, there's nothing. We were real big fans of LaCharles. Um, so there's stuff going on nationally, but there was nothing going on in in the state of Georgia, which is a hotbed for SEC football. 
Um, and we were just shocked. There is just nothing. So we just looked at each other and said, you know what? Let's create something. Right. Why not? Yep. Let's, let's do it. Um, but what we wanted to do, we didn't just want to throw something together and, and make some money off of some kids. We wanted to do it right. So we really melded all of our expertise. Josh sells himself short. He was a hell of a lineman uh, for University of Louisville. And um, his knowledge of the game and my knowledge of biomechanics and therapy and that, that uh, scientific approach, it, it really became something really interesting. When we started talking about it, we both just, to this day, keep getting more and more excited. It's almost like watching uh, LeCharles YouTube videos. You see the excitement and the passion um, and when I talk to my partner, Josh, he gets me excited just because of the, the passion. It's really cool. One of Josh's biggest stories, and I'm going to, I'm probably embarrass him a little bit, but he's got a personal story that, that I make him share with all the kids about when he went to the university of Louisville. You guys can't see him on, on, uh, on the podcast right now, but he's a monster of a man. He's <laughs> just giant. And he's always been that way, apparently, since middle school. Josh, I'm going to let you tell that story. <laughs> I know we're carrying on a lot. But I, I think what it, what it does is it helps resonate, and it helps paint a picture for some of our younger athletes. And, and the story goes, and, and I'm, you guys have experienced this as well, it happens everywhere. You know, growing up, I, I hit my peak of my height and size very early at a young age and had the ability to, to dominate on the offense line just because of that. And was fortunate enough to earn that scholarship, as we mentioned, as I went through high school and moved on to Louisville. But once you get to Louisville, everybody's your size, bigger, stronger, faster. And the one thing that I lacked considerably was technique and, and the understanding of body and motion and, and how to put your body in a position that's biomechanical advantage to win. And I, I just didn't have that. And it really put me in a tough position where... I, I don't think I'm going to make it here at this level. That's what it came down to. I called my pops up. I said, you guys, you got to come pick me up. This is a little too much. <laughs> and unfortunately, I think we see that a lot. Um, you know, at the, the high school level, you see these kids that dominate only to move on to a top level school and only to leave a year later. And you're like, what happened? You know, and, and we, we really share that story with the kids to make them understand, regardless of where you are in your growth pattern, you know, technique and understanding how to move properly um, in this position will help give you an advantage as you move on into this sport. Um, don't wait until it's too late. You know, this, this, this world we play in of, of football has gotten so much smaller, as you guys know. Uh, when I was growing up, I'm 41 now, uh, you know, I was competing for scholarships with kids here in the U.S. Well, you see USA football now. You got kids from Canada and China and Europe, and this sport has grown grown worldwide. It's going to be an Olympic sport in 2022. What I hear. Yeah. So now we're competing with all those different levels, that many different nations, that those many countries. You got to help give yourself a competitive advantage uh, by learning the sport early on. So. And every time I hear Josh's story, and that was the first story he he told me um, about. The importance of technique so we just started talking and we started to get excited when we were starting talking about the the potential to do so much more than just having a yelling and screaming uh, coach that we've all had um, it, it's really um, it really has become kind of a cool uh, cool business as, as, as we're gonna hopefully go into some detail 
Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. It's a cool, uh, you know, kind of origin story, as you say. I actually got to play at Louisville my uh, junior year, and it's uh, it was really cool. I don't know if, if they rebuilt the stadium or if it was just like it was uh, when you played there, uh, Coach. Yep. But um, it, it's a nice stadium. It, it's really nicely built and really cool. And, and uh, you know, some big-time defensive line names up in the rafters at, uh, at Louisville. So I'm sure you had your handful. I know when I was there they had, I want to say, three or four uh, draft picks playing defensive line for them and, and um, uh, you know and then obviously up in the uh, up in the ring of honor or whatever they call it I'm not sure at Louisville you know some big time mm-hmm. defensive line names some some huge guys so um, you know pretty cool uh, pretty cool place to play at and I'm assuming it'd be a nice uh, home home field to play at. Absolutely I, I tell you I was fortunate enough my last season with Louisville to play in Papa John's Cardinal Stadium and, uh, you know, that was a pretty special day for the, for the community up there in Louisville. Um, it was pretty impressive, you know, from Howard Schnellenberger to Ron Cooper to John L. Smith, where, where that program has gone and where it's at today with Coach Petrino, it's just gone so far. And it's so fun to watch the big-name athletes that are coming out of that school and what they've done for that community. It's, uh, it's really cool. But getting back to the stadium, I mean, it was – it was top notch. It really was the the resources, the facilities that we were in prior to to then moving up. We we felt like, hey, we're, we've made it. We've arrived, and it's only continued to grow. So it's been great for um, recruiting purposes. It's been great for the community, and it's been great for the program. So uh, yeah, it's a it's a great stadium to play in. You're right. Big names coming out of there, especially on the defensive line side. Coach, you bitch, and some of those uh, head coaches and, and most of our guys who played offensive line or coached offensive line, so maybe both of you guys can answer this. You know, who are some of your influences uh, as far as, as offensive line? I know you guys have talked about LaCharles Bentley kind of you know leading this renaissance towards offensive line training, but who are maybe some of the guys that molded you even when you were in high school? You know, Who are some of your guys uh, in college? Maybe even some of the guys that you have studied outside of uh, LaCharles. I think our listeners are always interested to hear you know, your personal offensive line journey. Yeah, absolutely. So you said the big name with uh, with Charles Bentley. You know, if I just had known what I'd known back in college, uh, (laughs) you know, if I had met with Charles before I was in college, it'd be a different story, I would like to think. But uh, he's obviously made a big influence and and driven my passion and, and, you know, my willingness to continue to help uh, pass this message on to the youth here in Atlanta. Um, but, you know, going back as far as middle school, I'll start with my dad. And I think most of us may have had that same type of relationship as they'd grown up in sports. My dad was a longtime middle school coach in our, our community in Indiana. And, and just playing for him and, and learning the basics and, uh, you know, him passing on what he knew about the sport. It was a great way for him and me to connect. Uh, and then moving up, you know, into high school, my head coach, Coach Dale Dorfler in uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana, uh, was a great guy. He was one that you could just see with the players coach that you could connect, you could trust, that you wanted to go to battle for. Um, that makes a big, big uh, influence on a kid in the high school level, uh, having a coach that you can trust like that. And then as I went into college, I, I played for three different offensive line coaches. They moved pretty quickly when I was there at Louisville. But uh, Coach Brett Ingles, my freshman year, was my offensive line coach. And uh, you know, he brought a unique style coming from San Diego State when he was coaching Marshall Falk, and he was trying to teach us this concept of lose ground to gain ground. And I won't get into that, but we were all <laughs> all our heads were spinning, <laughs> all our heads were spinning. And the, the next year, he wasn't there. So, 
Uh, he's moved on to other things. But, uh, you know, from there we had Coach McHale. Uh, the, the big story behind Coach McHale is he's the one that recruited Brett Favre and got him to go to Southern Miss. And that's always a fun story to tell. But he only spent a one-year tenure with us at Louisville as well. And the one that really made quite a bit of impact on me and understanding technique and, and how the body moves. And um, that was Coach Art Valera. And he came in with John L. Smith, Coach Petrino, my, my junior and senior year, and really made me start looking at it as more of a, uh, a science opposed to just, hey, get after this guy. I, I told you, you got to block him. You need to reach him. You got to have grit. You got to have all these different, you know, uh, terms that O-line coaches use. But he really broke it down and helped me understand the why. So that was what was so cool, as I found with Charles probably five or six years ago on YouTube, I saw those similarities of, of really understanding the why of how we do things and using the science and the data to really back it up. And it's hard to argue that, right? So that was kind of my path to where I'm at today and some of the coaches that have influenced me. What was your, uh, last, yeah, my, se- what was your last season at Louisville, Coach? Uh, my last year was 98-99. 98-99. Okay, good. My, my head coach, uh, Tony Levine, he was over at Louisville, but I think that was uh, – it was a little bit later. It had been like 2003, 2003, 2004. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely an old man in football years. There's no <laughs> doubt. <laughs> so I only played at the high school level, but my high school line coach was so passionate. He played in the CFL. So I'm even older than Josh. So I, <laughs> if, he's, if he's old in, in football years, man, I'll tell you what. I, I don't even know what to tell say about myself. <laughs> Um, this coach's name was Coach John Lachance, and he passed away a few years ago. Um, just a great, great guy. He was so passionate about the game, um, and he brought – I didn't even realize what he was coaching me or, or, or the techniques that he was coaching me, the, how innovative he was and how, um, how much I got coached up. If I had the size that, that my business partner has, man, I, I would have loved to have played at a higher level. Um, <laughs> I just, I just didn't. I was tiny. Um, but John Lachance, um, just, a, just a hell of a guy. Um, he, he taught us to, to cut block and to crab. And it's it, it just amazing technique. I mean, it's amazing. This was back in the 80s. I don't even wear a leather helmet. Leather helmets, indeed. That's why I, you know, I can barely put two sentences together to this day. <laughs> um, but a lot of my influences were uh, Joe Devlin, Joe Delamalure, a lot of the guys from the Bills um, watching OJ um, run. So that's how old I am. And I just fell in love with O-line. I, I loved it. And I long snapped as well. So, um, so man, that's, that's my passion. Like, I just I started playing O-line, and I never wanted to play anything else. Yeah, I think you guys can hear just by how Tom talks. It's the passion in his voice about the sport and, and what it means to him. But what was also exciting that this connection partnership that we put together was, you know, I have this aspect about football and playing it and and understanding it at a certain level, but his ability to actually define the biomechanics, the technical side of it, the, the, the medical, the biomechanics, the the therapy side of it really just helps bring the full story together. Uh, That's made it pretty successful for us here. And and plus is we're both coaches too. So I always wanted to be, the best coach I could. Um, I know that Josh feels the same way. We actually sometimes coach against each other, our, our middle school programs. But um, yeah, it's, I've always just wanted to be better and better and better. So before we met, 
I saw the Charles as well online. And it just drove my passion to know that there's better ways to do it, smarter ways to do it. And then with USA football, you know, their, um, their emphasis on heads up and now they've got a, you know, different emphasis, tip of the spear, I think they call it. Um, it's, of course, it just makes sense. So everything that Josh and I have talked about, have taught, have believed in, it seems to be the industry and our sport is all coming together, feeling the same way. And it's, it's I don't know, it's, it's just a great feeling to know that we're at least along with the curve, maybe not ahead of the curve, but yeah, I, I've heard it enough. I mean, it's, it's a cultural change within the sport. Right, right. right. And it's, it's just kind of cool. So, Coach, what is your, uh, you, you know, you have that uh, background in biomechanics. So, so how do you go about having a background in biomechanics? Uh, what, is that, uh, what does that entail or, oh, sure. or what does that mean, maybe? Because um, I'm a little yeah. bit, uh, I, I, you know, I was a um, sports admin, uh, sports <laughs> administration guy in college when I was going through football. I was two years. I thought I was in education. And, and the third year, I, I had to go to my actual counselor at the school not my counselor. and they said yeah you've got two years of, of sports admin already on your under your belt and I said no 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 no. I was going to be in education I'm going to be a teacher and a coach and they said no you got sports administration and you really can't change now because the rules and the NCAA and I was like okay I guess we'll figure it out so uh, uh, I, I, I didn't know anyone in biomechanics and I don't know that that anyone cared to talk to me that was in biomechanics smart enough to be in that. So how do you go about having a background in that and what does that entail no problem. So basically, I went to school for therapy. So I'm a licensed therapist. Um, and with that, so I got my bachelor's in occupational therapy. I've got my master's in uh, therapy. Um, and then I didn't stop there. So I, I published, um, and it's kind of a crazy study, but the study that uh, the emphasis was on adolescence. Um, it was actually a, a, a functional assessment scale that I developed um, along with a, a level one trauma center in Buffalo, New York. Um, and that functional assessment scale kind of gave me the idea. And like I said, I, or I'm not sure if I just mentioned that I work with adolescents in, in this study. So it gave me the idea and the passion to work with that, that group. Um, and that's the group that I actually coach now. So taking that information um, and that passion uh, from my past really gets me excited to, to work with these kids. But the more the biomechanics part of it is the schooling and therapy itself. And that was 20 years ago. But more on top of that, the specialty training in uh, ergonomics. So I spent about a year under uh, the Matheson and, and Associates working with ergonomic evaluations and ergonomic assessments in the workplace but both industrial as well as um, office and, and uh, uh, doing kind of assessments of, of people. And that's where that really got the hook in me about proper biomechanics and how that influences injury prevention. So you've got the passion about football and then absolute, uh, I don't know, disappointment that I was never big enough to keep playing at a different mm -hmm. level, but understanding that I want to work with a certain uh, population group and having now the background in biomechanics to know what it's like to use leverage, to use force, to use torque, circular force, you know, I, I, some people don't call it torque, but that circular force, you can see using proper biomechanics in our sport, it just makes sense. Yeah. And that's where you, you see LeCharles, you see uh, 
Uh, McNally, who I just, I love McNally. I know, I know there's different schools of thoughts out there with, with different coaches, but I'll tell you what, I rob stuff from every coach. I, uh, you know, I take a little here, a little there. Um, so you can see that those coaches that have that uh, true scientific approach, that biomechanical approach, um, I just love it. I love hearing that stuff. The coaches that just yell and scream and, you know, don't really tell you the why, that doesn't do it for me. And I know it doesn't do it for Josh either. I don't want to speak for Josh. Yeah. But more than that, so that biomechanics, I took it a, even a step further. Um, in my journey as a therapist, so I worked with those kids and I have the, uh, my uh, thesis based on you know, that population. Um, but then I work school-based therapy. And in that school-based therapy, what I learned was it's not just about the biomechanics and the, the neuro, so the neurological approach um, on how to teach kids and work with kids and, and coach kids, but there's other uh, senses that are at play that, that absolutely um, work with coaching uh, youth football. Uh, one is proprioceptive input, kinesthetic awareness, uh, visual motor ability, and visual perceptual ability. And it's really cool. And I don't want to get I mean, I know yep. my head's spinning. I know, and I don't, I don't want to talk like that. But this, this is the stuff that drives me um, that there is a better way. And there's a great way to coach these kids, especially having a nonprofit business like Josh and I have, um, to reach these kids and to be super effective at it. And, and we're, you know, we're learning every day. I'm not saying that we're you know, the be all end all or anything, but Josh's passion and awesome uh, history of playing the sport and, you know, combined with, with hopefully my passion about, um, about this, you know, the, the, the why and the how, uh, it's just a really cool thing. Did that answer? I hope that answered your question. Sorry, I went off on a super tangent there. No, no, no. That's, that's kind of what I was curious about. And then also kind of what, yep. what my, my question kind of spirals into is like with new, when, when it comes to like nutrition, things, it seems like changes every, every half a year there's something brand new and so like like you said last time you went to school maybe was 20 years ago how how much does um your side of it with biomechanics and and all that does that stuff change as rapidly and as does is the science changing in that as well or is it pretty well (laughs) mapped out uh when it comes to that well that's a great question actually so I have to, with my profession, I have to constantly take uh, continuing ed courses. I have to take God, tons of, of hours a year just to stay current. Um, what's interesting, biomechanics are biomechanics. You know, the human body is a human body. Um, leverage is leverage. Force is force. Um, but what's really cool is our sport has evolved to meet science. And you see that with USA football getting the head out of the game. You see it with LeCharles using leverage. You see it with um, Scott using leverage in his way. Even McNally, uh, the older uh, coaches, they, the more innovative coaches, were teaching leverage biomechanics, but they weren't necessarily calling it leverage and biomechanics. They were calling it whatever you know, they called it. So it's not that, that science has changed. I mean, there's new stuff with nutrition that we're learning every day. Uh, there's new stuff with... Um, you know, all kinds of different studies that you see every day. Coffee's good for you one day, it's bad for you the next day. Right. With biomechanics, you know what I mean? But biomechanics hasn't really changed. The cool thing is, like I was saying, our sport has adapted to proper body mechanics. And it seems to be happening right as Josh and I have formed our little business velocity. 
So it's, it's really kind of cool to see that it's really, I don't want to say it's come 360, but it's really, um, it's really interesting that how um, our sport is, is matching up with science. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Josh, I was going to ask you, you know, since you guys, well, you guys both kind of have this background, you're working with a, a wide variety of kids. What, what has kind of been the, the problem areas that you've noticed the most? I mean, obviously you're not going to throw anybody under the bus and things they've been taught from in the past, but what are things that you've had to correct? Because we all know offensive line, extremely technical position. You know, it's not, not natural movements for a lot of these kids. So I like to ask the, the trainers, you know, and I think, uh, Tom, you might have some other, you know, insight into this. You know, what are some things that you're trying to do maybe with some of your younger athletes as opposed to some of your more advanced athletes? What are problems you guys are trying to fix? Josh. Yeah, great question. Well, I think with anything, and I think you, you know, several of your callers have, have shared this as well, we like to start with the stance. I think that's extremely important. And because we do train a wide range of athletes from elementary school yeah. all the way up to college, we've had – couple NFL players so yep. we, we do have a wide range of where your athlete is in their journey uh, each one of those levels has have different needs so if we could just start in the beginning with some of our younger guys it, it really comes to hey we can put them in a proper stance but a lot of them just do not have the strength right the posterior um, strength needed to put them in a proper stance some of their uh, exercise that we work with and, and I'll let Tom elaborate a little bit more on this but you know the pelvic region within a younger individual and the hamstring and how it's all tied together it makes it very difficult for that young athlete to be in that proper stance so it takes some time and training for that youth athlete to, to develop that skill to be able to accomplish that and it's it, Josh is right on the money the cool thing is uh, the high school coaches that we send our middle school players to um, it really feels good when they compliment us and say that that they are the best trained athletes that they've ever seen. And that that's really cool. And it's not saying that, you know, we're awesome coaches. We're just able to spot it now from, uh, you know, going back to that same word that we keep saying, the biomechanical approach. What's cool is, and I'll give you a very specific example. So the young players, how many times have you seen a young player get into a stance and you can see that the stance is wrong? And you try to tell them that the stance is wrong. And you try to coach that the stance is, this is how you do it. So then you've got a bunch of coaches yelling and screaming. And they'll say, look, you know, picture a bear crapping in the woods. And now just put your hand down. There you go. And it's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know that you've seen coaches say stuff like that. And that's not it. The, one of the things that we've seen with young players um, and older players to a certain extent You've got that quad dominance. So you've, they've got that, those, those monster quads or bigger quads, but their hamstrings are either too tight or too weak to support getting into the right position. Also, what, we, what Josh and I have developed, and it's kind of cool how we can unlock somebody's uh, uh, the hip has an anterior tilt or a posterior tilt. What a lot of these kids do, and you see the hump in their back, and you're trying to say, no, come on, flatten your back out. Let's get that little arch in there. Um, it's all about the pelvic tilt. And that's really cool. And this is something that, that Josh and I, like, once we work to unlock their hips, it's, it's amazing. It helps out. And yeah. then Josh takes over. It, it's, it really, it's, it's really something. Hopefully you 
see how excited I am about it. <laughs> but you can kind of see how this works together for him and I, right? So he really helps to understand the why at a, at a deeper level than what I'm coaching. But, you know, that, that's where we see some of the challenges with the younger kids. But as you move up into the older kids, whether it be middle school or even high school, a lot of them have just developed bad habits uh, and bad yeah. behaviors from years of neglect. And I hate to call it that, but, you know, in this world, that's what it is. And, you know, it's not of their fault, it, you know, not even in the fault of the coach that was teaching them that. They just don't know, right? right? So you're trying to unwind several years of, of bad behavior, and, and it just takes time. And some of those bad behaviors that we see, that you guys see, and that are talked about constantly on social media as well, is, you know, leading with your head, right? Yeah. Or, you know, elbows, you know, flared out, um, you know, all your weight up on your toes, uh, you know, name it. You can go down the path, and it's unfortunate. You can you can tell that uh, some of these kids just haven't had the proper training. Uh, similar to the same story that I shared with you guys about myself, you know, just the, I didn't know, and it just takes time to unwind some of that. And you got to be patient with those kids, and uh, you, you kind of you take it one step at a time from the ground up. We teach them, take them back to the basics of just getting into a proper stance. And then we break it down all the way up to the top of the athlete. So uh, we, we see all different levels of deficiencies depending on the level of play and years that they've played in. Even some of the NFL players that I've worked with, uh, you know, had some challenges that we made corrections with. Uh, they typically learn and pick it up a little bit quicker, but that's because of their years in the weight room and, and developing their strengths. Um, and it takes a little longer for the younger ones. But uh it's typically the ones that have had years of bad behavior and, and training that, that takes a little more time to unwind. So coach, you've, you've talked a little bit about, you know, head out on, on blocking and, and, you know, some of the, the different stuff like that. And I know tip of the spear that I've seen a little bit. Um, I personally haven't fully bought into to it at all. You know, I, I've always been face, you know, yeah. as I was taught face mask on landmark and it's, it's face and hands and, and all that. And I don't know that I'll, ever get away from that and maybe I will so, yeah. so that's kind of why I'm open right now and talking to you about it is um yeah. and, and especially with, with Josh playing at Louisville you know and and it sounds all to me this is just the way it sounds you know it sounds really good until uh you know Ted Washington's over there and and, and he's <laughs> yeah. you and, and you're you know doubling to the backside linebacker or, or whatever it is so, so how, how have you seen that you know could you have seen yourself using that in college and and kind of what are the tenets with that? Because like I said, I don't know that I'll ever fully buy into it, but, but I'm an open guy and, and I haven't necessarily uh, been open with it. So just kind of curious what the, the tenets are of that. And, and is, it, is it practical when you're going against some of these, you know, heavier big guys that are going to try to, you know, run, run, into, run across your face, run through your face, uh, you know, some of these uh, heavy penetrators? Yeah, no, I, I totally understand. Uh, I think I was in your seat not too long ago with that same belief. Uh, that sounds great on paper, but when the bullets are flying, what's the reality? You know, and, and if I was in college and, and you know, did, was I performing that aspect uh, or those techniques, I, I'll definitely be the first to say no. But I, I, one thing that I am at is open. Uh, you know, as a coach, I think you got to constantly uh, evolve look for new ways to help improve your O-line, uh, find better ways of getting things done. Uh, just through educating myself and, and researching and uh, sampling, if you will, trial. Uh, spent a couple times out in Chandler, Arizona with the Charles and his team trying to develop and understand his philosophy that more. I, I've, I've converted, if you will. 
So I, I do see that there's value in this new way of doing things. And I also am not um, so arrogant to think that that things can't change, if, if you will. I mean, the reality is NFL is changing. The rules are changing. They're trying to make the sport safer, not only for NFL players, but kids all the way down to second grade, if you will, that played for the first time. And, you know, things are changing. I, I think you've heard before that Charles Bentley and Chuck Smith from out here in Atlanta are working with the NFL to potentially change the rules of leading with your head. There might be penalties in the future in the NFL, right? That might be coming. So we, I think we owe it to the kids that we train uh, to find that best, best method to put them in a position, one, not to get hurt first, but two, to also adapt as this game changes as well. So, so you guys, you know, started this uh, with, with velocity. Uh, you know, you, you got, yep. guys got it started, met each other. Um, uh, how, how'd that come about? How'd you guys um, decide, hey, we, we want to start a business together, you know, because me and Walls decided to, to start a podcast together. Uh, but we didn't. We were we were down whatever twenty five bucks, whatever it costs to get a microphone. We already had a computer. We already had Wi Fi. So uh, there wasn't any. Um, you know, we weren't we weren't betting the house on it by any means. Um, so so how how'd you guys decide that? You know, uh, it sounds like, and maybe I'm wrong. I'm I'm misinterpreting it. But you know, you guys kind of met at a, at a later on uh, time. Not like you guys have been high school friends and, and known each other forever. Right. Right. You know, you met each other later on in life and then all of a sudden decided to start this thing. This is, and you know what, I'm going to, all right, thanks, man. Um, we were both coaches. Our kids played football together. And this is the, the actual genesis of, of it. We looked at each other and said, what are you doing in the offseason? I don't know. What are you doing in the offseason? I don't know. What's available? There's nothing. For old linemen, there was literally nothing. And shame on on us o-line coaches for not developing something for for these kids um so where it actually started was in josh's basement with our kids and just kind of basic things like all right what do we believe in like and and amazingly that you had that question about uh keeping the head in or keeping the head out of play um we talked about it like well what's what's the future uh, what's, what are we supposed to teach our kids? What do, do we, you know, with the, uh, um, you know, talk about CTEs and, and um, the research that, you know, I, I don't necessarily agree that our sport is, is declining uh, as far as uh, participation with young kids. Um, I think it's the best sport in the world, but reality is, you know, that uh, the research and, and, and whatnot on, on head injuries is uh is kind of misleading pay, uh, parents to to steer their kids away from football we don't want that but we do want to keep our our kids safe so josh and i in his basement came up with okay what about pass pro what about run blocking what about drills um and it just was the coolest thing because then we started talking you know what if we start a business I'm like all right what kind of business and we're saying you know we got to be in this for the right reason we're not going to be in this to, to uh, be millionaires. We want to do this for really the right reason. So we started a nonprofit. That's Velocity Football Academy is a, is a nonprofit. Um, from there, um, you know, we, we looked at how, why are we different? Why are we, what do we have to offer? Um, and it's just kind of cool. Our expertise is, 
just really, is that a word? Expertises? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You're the biomechanics engineer. I don't know. I have no idea if the word or not. But I'm not. I'm not the wordsmith, and, um, but yeah, we just kind of came together and it's like, you know what, this is, this is really working, man. This is, this is really a, a, a cool thing. Um, but it's become so much more. And I, and Josh, I'm going to let his passion talk about, um, how it's, it, it yeah. just developed. So a couple other things that I'd like to add to that. Um, you know, you, you mentioned how to come together and, we, Tom spoke about being in our basement and it was just a unique experience where we had our three kids in the basement and then one more kid shows up and then yeah. one more kid shows up yeah. and then my basement gets really small really quick right <laughs> so we moved to the park and the next thing you know we got 10 15 20 kids showing up and uh you know parents supporting it and then uh you know last year about a year and a half ago yeah. we had one of those parents of this kid that we were training owns a facility and says hey I'd love to run out back half of this facility. And next thing you know, we have a gym and it just happened so fast. And really cool. it was really cool. It really was. But I think what we were offering is something unique, you know, not only for uh, parents and the athletes themselves, but also coaches. I, I think you guys would agree, uh, you know, being coaches yourself as well is during season, you don't really have that much time to work on the aspects of, of, you know, technical uh, football, technical play of all line. We're working a lot of scheme. We're, we're in indies. We're in, um, you know, inside. We got some, you got all these different drills that you can't focus on that uh, technical side as, as we would like to. So to offer something that outside the season, uh, we felt that that was a niche that, that could be filled. But we want to take it a step further. And, and what I mean by that is outside of just training these kids on the technical aspect, we realized there's a whole 360-degree experience that we need to be able to offer these athletes. And what I mean by that is not only the technical aspect, but also the strength and conditioning, the mobility. We, we offer all that to our athletes. We like that the strength program that we've developed, it translates to the field of play, and the athlete actually recognizes that, right? They're not just doing the unique lifts, that, or not the unique, but the typical lifts that you do in a gym. These are unique lifts that we've tried to develop uh, with our partner, uh, in the strength conditioning part of our business to, to help these kids excel, right? So it, we're, we're providing this whole 360-degree experience because of that. And again, what I had mentioned earlier, we deal with a lot of the younger athletes as well, both elementary and middle school as well as high school. Uh, with my son now going into his freshman year at high school, one of my concerns that I had for our kids was, hey, he's moving into high school. There's going to be 50 or 60 of these kids in the weight room, full of testosterone, challenging each other to throw up as much weight as they can. And none of them has been properly trained on these specific lifts. And we didn't want our kids to be put in a position where they could get injured. So not only are we helping them within their sport, but also help developing their, their technical knowledge of the, the weight room as well. And, and it really helps, you know, support the coaches in the high school level prior to them even getting there uh, to help them get right into the program and, and start off on a good, on a good start. You know, I'm going to slide back just a little bit. Um, both our kids were big kids. They were linemen. You know, they were, they were just really big boys. They were the type of kids here in Georgia. They put red stripes on their helmet. They won't let them play any quote unquote skilled position. Um, so what Josh and I also talked about is, you know, we want to give these kids a sense of belonging instead of dreading being on the old line. Let's give them a sense of pride in our sport. Let's get a, a pride in being an offensive lineman. Um, it's, um, 
it's it's really become something bigger than we really ever ever thought it was. It's bigger than our business model. Oh, agreed. I mean, it's it's amazing. Um, what's really cool, and and this is Josh and I talked about this. Um, it, it's becoming so interesting and, and so uh, unique. The kids are actually using what's called peer modeling and peer review. I know. I'm going to let Josh say something yeah. else about it. It's, it's really cool. Josh, tell. Put it in layman's terms. All right, guys, I know we're talking a lot here, but I think this is important. It's really cool. So in layman's terms, <laughs> I put your PhD away. Okay. So layman's terms, what we what almost kind of evolved on its own was, as I mentioned, we, we have all these different segments or levels of age groups that we deal with, uh, and all of them love to see the next age group work out, right? So elementary school loves to see the middle school kids work out. The middle school kids love to see the high school, so on and so forth. Well, what we've done with the kids over the last couple of years that we've trained at each level, once we felt comfortable enough, we've developed coaches within our gym at each level. And what that's done is in this peer review, if yes. you will, um, is that, you know, the middle school kids are helping out with the elementary school kids. The high school kids are helping train and coach the middle school kids. The college uh, kids that we have come back are helping train and, and develop the high school kids. And there's that connection. There's not that huge gap in age by dealing with old men like me and Tom. You got these athletes here. They're specifically helping them um, develop their skill set. So it's really interesting to see not only are they uh, helping out within the, in the business model, but they're developing themselves as coaches, as leaders, as uh, their confidence continues to grow as coaches. Uh, it's helping them for for long-lasting life experience, and and it's really cool because as they coach these kids, you see themselves when they go through the training, pick it up that much quicker. You you see their confidence in the movement and the technique become that much more sharp, and, and I think there's a level of them being able to coach it themselves helps them to be able to execute it as well. I love that story and it's awesome. You know, uh, Coach Walls, the cool thing I see is is all the parallels that it, it, it seems to have like with moles in Colorado. Yeah, there's no question That's about cool. it. You know, I, I mean, I, I love the, the fact that you guys are, are filling in the gaps. You know, you, you run into a, a lot of these places where, you know, they're, they're just repeating the, the strength workout from the the kids high school program you know in the high school program you have it, it is what it is there's 90 kids in there yeah you know right. they, they have to do the the i call it the training economy you know you got to do the exercises that give you the, the best bang for your buck because that's all the time you have and you know you're trying to, to hit as much of that as, as you possibly can in the hour that you have with those kids so it's awesome right. to hear you guys you know filling in those gaps you know in, improving the, the backside of their body, posterior chain, all those things. And then yeah. not to mention being able to, to teach the kids and to be able to, to kind of diagnose it themselves. Like, hey, man, I know you can't do this stuff yet, but, you know, with continued work in the weight room and doing some of these exercises and being able to think about some of the mobility and flexibility things we're, we're asking you to do, you're, you're going to be ahead of the curve and you're going to be able to put your body in into positions where you, you are going to be safe. Um, and then when you guys are also talking about having the kids, you know, teach. I remember when I was just at, at the college level, you know, a, a lot of the things that I took with me back to high school as a coach, once I finished my, you know, work at, at the University of Tulsa, I, I'd learned from those college kids that I'd coached. 
you know, those 22, 23 year old kids who'd been in, in a bunch of wars. And that was the same thing I'd pick yeah. Rowdy's brain, you know, Hey Rowdy, what were some of the things that worked for you as a player? You know, to me, that was very, very important. And, you know, I, I kind of went into it as a, as a blank slate and I wanted to learn all the things that I could. And I, I really learned a lot from those players because I think that you, when you can get on those kids level, it makes you such a better coach. And not only that, you guys are doing a great service because, you know, you talk about being an offensive lineman, you're, you're always going to be of service, you know, yeah. you're the one sacrificing yeah. your body. You're the one sacrificing for the, for the squad. You're not going to maybe have the, the kind of glory that everybody is, you know, everyone hears the, the stories, but teaching them to give back and teaching them to serve is only going to help them as they get into their high school programs to be that servant leader for their squad. I think you guys are doing a great job of that. That's awesome. We appreciate that, but you yeah. get it. That's exactly what's happening here. And I can't, and I don't think Tom can take full credit. It, it's nope. been really amazing how it evolved on its own in a sense. And it's become that community within a community, if you will. I mean, these kids, when they come to our gym, don't want to leave. The parents come to pick them uh, up yeah. and they just hang out and they want to throw the football around and just talk football. And it's, it's been a really cool dynamic how it's evolved to where it's at today. We've got kids now that, um, you know, now that they're in high school and, and their coaches want them to be another position, we've got kids that are saying, no, I'm an old lineman. Yeah, they're definitely How taking pride in that. cool position. is that? I mean, it's just so cool. Harper, um, you could probably so, talk about that with your guys' old line culture that you guys have created too. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a big deal. You know, we, well, we, I got lucky. You know, I got into a school where our, our head coach is a, is a 10-year NFL veteran offensive lineman. So – um, it, it's a big deal to him and he's a state champion, yeah. uh, you know, offensive line coach. So it's obviously a big deal at our school. And we've had a couple of NFL guys come out, which, you know, for Oklahoma is a big deal. And so, um, you know, it, it's it, when you had a head coach like that, when you got a coordinator that makes it a big deal, when, when, you know, you as an offensive line coach get to make it a big deal, like you guys said, it, yep. it's really cool to see kids want to play offensive line you know the biggest yeah. most athletic kid doesn't want to go play linebacker or or uh yeah, yeah. And, you know they don't want to it's almost like they get relegated to tight end if they're if they're not one of the five starting linemen now they're getting relegated to tight end you know they all want to be one of those guys <laughs> cool. the offensive linemen they want to be those next you know, you know and that's like you guys said it, it kind of breeds a better player you know kids that yep. want to actually be doing it doesn't feel like they're forced to be there they want to do that they got to work on this skill and then also, a big thing, you know, obviously with our head coach and our coordinator, they all really help that work. But, you know, a big one is is guys like LaCharles Bentley and, and the other yeah, guys that are making it a big deal. You know, that, that you can look at a guy like LaCharles Bentley, you can say, you know, that's a, that's a cool dude. You know, that's a cool dude. I'd like to be like that. I'd like to look like that guy. You know what I mean? These, these kids do. And, oh, he doesn't look like a 385-pound guy that, you know, doesn't, no girl would find attractive and, and not what I want to do as a high school kid. You look at LaCharles Bentley, you say, okay, I, I could, I could be that guy for sure. And so Har um, Harper, are you helped. saying LaCharles Bentley's a good looking man? I'm saying if you were in high school, you wouldn't hey, mind you looking up to a guy like that. You cannot edit that out. You cannot edit that out. You wouldn't mind looking up to a guy like that. You know, Hey, if you could be like that after high school, you'd be okay. You'd be living the dream. So, um, but I think that's helped a lot. You know, a, a guy that is doing cool Absolutely. stuff and he's teaching cool stuff and he's making it not like where all the the misfit toys go, but you know the the yeah. big athletes get to go. Yeah. 
Man, that's a great point. And I'll tell you what, that it's so true. But I think you guys would agree at a young age with some of the young athletes that we get, maybe first time playing football, that that are on the larger side, where do they get stuck if they have not played before? A lot of yeah, them find no themselves doubt. on the offensive line. And they're sitting there with their dad on Sundays. Who are they looking at? They're looking at the Tom Brady's. They're looking at the receivers. And that's who they think they're going to be. And they, they get stuck on the offensive line like, uh, I'm not enjoying it. And we want to change that thought, right? And I think we've done a pretty good job of the kids we've been able to work with that not only have we made them feel comfortable within this position, but that, that sense of pride, that, that sense of accomplishment, you see their level of confidence grow, which obviously impacts them in life and more than just football, right? And, and dealing with groups of people and, and developing friendships and, and relationships that are long-lasting you know, those are those life lessons that we talk about that are, are, are developed within the sport that we play and we love. And, and we get to see it unfold at a young age with the kids we work with. And then as they continue to develop, right, and continue to grow, there are role models like the Charles Bentleys of the world that are out there that they say, man, I, I, I want it. That's, that's the pinnacle. That's where I want to get. I want to continue to drive my passion to be successful like, like that. And the, and the Josh Richardsons of the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You guys may as well throw, your, throw yourselves in there, man. You guys are making the impact, too. That's right. Thank nope. goodness we're not, we're not on video. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I'm curious because, like I said, it, it is parallel so much to our, our good buddy, uh, you know, Coach Mulaney, who's in Colorado doing a similar thing uh, with different positions. But he, you know, sometimes runs into the problem where coaches aren't very fond of their kids going to them. Uh, going to him so have you guys ran into that oh, at all and question. and 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 what are some things that you do to try to either quell that or just say well you know what it is what it is we're, we know what we're doing is helping these kids do you, you want to take it or often in georgia yeah this is a this is a great question yeah. you want it well I'll, I'll go from my perspective yeah. and then you can share okay. I, I think the reality is is that we we're earning our right here in the community right i think that's what's come down to like as tom mentioned we've been doing this for three years and We've had to win some over, and then there's some that, that have not bought in, and that's going to happen, right? And I, I totally understand that. Um, but the, the, what we are offering these coaches that aren't bought in is an opportunity, whether they come to our uh, gym and we, we provide coaches clinics here in the area, uh, just so that they can get a better sense of what we are teaching. Uh, we're hoping that word of mouth is, is helping out as well. Uh, they're seeing success from some of our kids that we do train that are coming out of our gym. So, you know, I, I think it's an earn your right type of situation. I think it's a longevity kind of thing as well. Are we a fly-by-night type of trainer that comes and goes? You see that a lot. There's a lot of people that want to train, uh, you know, and then next thing you know, they're traveling somewhere else for, for vacation. They're not there and available for their kids. I, I think it's consistency. I think it's, it's result-oriented. And at the end of the day, I think it's it's a partnership or relationship. You know, I'm in sales. So the big thing is, is that you don't want to just, uh, you know, show that individual that you know more than they do. You want it, you want it to be more of a partnership than anything else. So we don't ever want to come off to a coach saying you don't know what you're talking about. But we like to have good conversations of why we see things differently. And I think as coaches get to know us, they start to have that level of comfort that relationship starts to grow and they create buy-in. Yeah, in our, uh, we actually work with the uh, Georgia Middle School Athletic Association. It's, a, it's huge. It's a ton of schools. 
um, both as coaches and coaches that, you know, we both coach on their um, FBU national team. It's, it's fun. But um, we've hosted coaches clinics as well as we have an annual big man challenge, which is really, really awesome. Um, so what happens is those coaches come and, the, and you see their body language. They come with their arms folded, head tilted, kind of back, like, what are you guys talking about? And then as we talk about the why, and as we talk about um, what our tenets of what we believe in um, and uh, giving them tools to fix common problems, um, their hands start coming down, they start buying in, and they're jumping in on the drills, and it's, it's beautiful. They're helping out. Right? And they're, 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 right, they end up being a part of it. Rather than us talking to them, we end up talking with each other. And, and at the end of the day, we're all line coaches. Yeah. You know, we're all here for the same reasons, our same passion. It, it's really cool. But to your point, I think, you know, at the middle school, elementary school, it's been a little bit easier on the buy-in. I, yeah. I think the coaches sure. understand that where yeah. they're at as far as their yeah. level of expertise. As you get into high school and you've got coaches that have been in place for over a decade, if not longer, and they're stuck in the ways of, of how they do things, there's no doubt. There, there's definitely challenges there that, you know, as far as getting support from them. And as I mentioned earlier, it, it's not that we continue to knock on their door and, and beg for their business. If they want to work with us, great. If they don't, we, we totally understand. But we tend to find some of those kids kind of walking in on their own uh, from those programs. And, uh, you know, hopefully what those coaches see after working with us is the results of, of a successful offensive alignment. Yeah, I think. You know I'm, I'm at, yep. I was going to say, I mean, I think. Thing. Go ahead, yeah. Coach. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, they, there's so many uh, guys out, the, the high school uh, line coaches, let's face it, they don't have a lot of time to teach technique. There's just not a lot of time. I mean, you, they've got to install certain, I mean, they've got to install their offense. Um, and a lot of these guys are teaching a scheme, and that's fine. We're, we're not here to change their scheme. That's not our, our job. We're here. We teach what we teach. If it can be of value, great. You know, absolutely. And that's what I was going to say. I mean, to me, it all just comes down, you know, to time and, and us being high school coaches, you know, Harper's probably a little bit luckier than, than I am because the rules in Oklahoma are maybe a little bit different and they've got a little bit different level of facility. But, I mean, I'm looking for any competitive advantage that I can. And if, and yeah. if I have, you know, if I have guys that, that I trust and there's guys that I talk to, I'm always going to have an open mind on that stuff because in the end of the day, it's not about me. It's about the kid. And if a kid wants to be great, I think we need to exhaust every single Avenue for that kid, whether it's personal training, third, third party training, biomechanics, extra strength work, nutrition work. If a kid's all about that stuff, you know, and it's not just some pushy, pushy mom or dad, that's kind of throwing it on the kid. If the kid really wants that stuff, dude, I'm, I'm all about that stuff. And I think any, any, any coach that's against that, to me, he can't really look, look me in the eye and say, well, I'm all about kids. No, you're not. You're a little bit more about yourself than I, than I think about kids. So I think there's, there's some guys out there that maybe need to, to take a look in the mirror and understand some of these things. Are there bad, bad trainers out there? Yeah, there's bad football coaches yeah. out there. There's bad salesmen yeah. out there. There's bad whatever you want to say, bad teachers. Everything, right? Right. I mean, it doesn't matter what, what profession you're in, you know, one guy could maybe give you a bad taste, but you can't let that ruin it for everybody else. So, I mean, I, I've been in the training business. I've been in the coaching business. I understand both sides of it. 
and let, let's be honest, there's, there's a spot for everybody. And I think yeah, the, well, the more that we yeah. just continue to, to work together and not divide each other and fight about it and bicker about these things, how about we just focus on, you know what, I got a kid right here who wants to be a really good football player. Let's use our entire community to make this guy a complete badass. Not Amen. Perfect. Well said. Well, said. well Coach, kind of wrapping up on an hour, um, you know, my last question I kind of ask everybody is, is you're watching another, another team's offensive line. Um, and, and this is kind of interesting, you know, maybe a little bit different for, with a middle school. So you're watching another team's offensive line. What, what's some, some things they'd be doing or something they would be doing that would make you think really highly of their offensive line coach? Oh, that's a great question. You going? You going. It's communication. Yep. I, I think Good that's, one. you know, I, we can talk about working together and, and coming off on double teams and, and technique. In the back side, I think right? it's communication. I think the more a coach can instill in their offensive line that you work together as one through communication, uh, I think you, you'll see a big difference in how that unit plays out on the field. That's my thought. That's perfect, man. That's, that's the perfect thought. And are these kids having fun together? You know, um, on a high school level, middle school level, I mean, we look at film all the time for our middle school programs. Um, you know, obviously the kids don't have the technique that a high school kid is, and the high school kids don't have the technique that a college kid has. But, um, yeah, if we see – if we're at a game and we see there's no communication going on and, or the coach is just yelling and screaming, we know that that is not a good coach. I, I think you guys said it all before, too, when you guys were saying when kids are excited to play offensive line, they probably have a pretty good coach. <laughs> yeah, yep, 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 yep. Well, coaches, like it's been great. And like I said, uh, I'd love to get you in contact with Coach Mullaney. He does, you know, very similar stuff that you guys are doing. I think it'd be a good contact for you guys, uh, you know, and he uses some some online, you know, platforms and stuff that, that work really well that he designed you know, just for that Great. certain thing. So love to get you in contact with him. I'll, I'll shoot you his number or whatever uh, through Twitter. But uh, like I said, he does the exact, you know, very, very similar thing you guys are doing. He does it in Colorado. But, yeah. but he, he that team attack that we talked about, he designed the whole thing for, um, you know, initially for, uh, you know, his uh, his kids that he trains. And, and he does, you know, uh, position specific. But then he's also uh, – weight training and all this stuff very very similar to you guys so Man. i'd love to get you in contact with him he's doing very similar and great stuff in colorado oh that'd be fantastic that'd be greatly appreciated I'd, uh, coach can we share our website and contact information absolutely uh the website's v the day and uh we're on all the social media instagram and twitter uh if somebody just types in velocity football academy they'll find us and that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank all of our sponsors. You guys, make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it'll allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.